This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 525 with Heather Chauvain. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 525. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. This episode is brought to you by Bulldog Online Yoga. Try your first 30 days for free at bulldogonline.com and use the code SHAMELESS to get an additional 50% off your first paid month. That's bulldogonline.com, code SHAMELESS. Heather Chauvain is a leadership coach and strategic parenting expert who helps ambitious women become leaders at work and home. Drawing from her professional experience as a social worker and her life experience raising three boys, Heather created a signature approach to focus her clients on sustainability, profitability, and ease in business and life. She is the host of the Mom is in Control podcast, where she reveals her most vulnerable truths about womanhood, marriage, parenting, living through stage four cancer, and running a successful business without burning out. Heather has been featured as a TEDx speaker and on the OWN Network, CTV, and The Jenny McCarthy Show. She also has appeared in Entrepreneur and Real Simple. When Heather isn't being a classic Canadian by driving her boys to hockey practice, you'll find her curled up on the couch with her husband surfing the internet, researching their next family adventure. Heather is a returning guest to the show. I... I'm so excited she's come back. She's one of those people that I said, hey, if you ever write a book, you got to come back and talk about it. Well, 
she wrote the book and she's here to talk about it. So she's here to talk about her new book, Dying to Be a Good Mother. Listen in to Heather share what inspired her book, how we are all dying to be good mothers and how it's killing us figuratively and literally, why it's not your job to make other people comfortable, the power of stillness and why you need it every damn day, the power of energetic time management, why she doesn't buy into we can do hard things, her empowering and liberating alternative to doing hard things, the truth about resistance and how to specifically determine what you want, and why we need to give ourselves permission to want what we want. Oh, this conversation is so good. I'm so grateful to Heather. I love her work. We've gotten to connect since our first interview. We've stayed in touch via, you know, Instagram Messenger where all people carry on amazing relationships. And she's a gem. I'm so honored to have her back. I'm so excited to share her gifts with you. And with all that said, let's dive in with Heather Chauvain. Heather, welcome back to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so excited to have you here. I love this. Thank you, Sarah. I'm excited to be here. I always say when I'm wrapping up interviews with people, if they ever reference anything about like, well, someday I'm going to write a book or anything like that. I'm always like, when you write the book, you got to come back. And here we are. Mm. You were here probably a year or two ago, probably closer to two years ago now. I can't keep track of time anymore. But, yeah. but you were here then and now you're back and you have the book. So tell us how you're doing and what's going on in your life and what you're most excited about right now. Yeah. And I love having these conversations because I, we, you and I didn't know each other very well then. And I feel like, well, we really don't know each other that well now, but we've developed a little bit of a relationship on Instagram because, you know, I was going to say Instagram stalking is a very valid relationship. Let's be honest. <laughs> isn't it? It's just interesting how you can become closer to people through following them and, yeah, the online world is is special when we use it for good. So yeah, what did you ask me? What am I up to? <laughs> yeah, so tell us, since you've been away from, since our last interview, what great things have happened and what are you most excited about right now? So, I mean, 2020 happened. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> great in air quotes. <laughs> yes, in air quotes. The book happened, really digging into you know what? It's really about leadership and this like persistent determination to become better and lean in. And when I say become better, it's not this like, you know, we have limitless potential, but I decided to write the book before actually it was towards like the end of 2019. And I also decided that I wasn't going to solely write the book. I'm a huge fan of alignment and feeling good. And for years, I have been wanting to write a book and it just would not leave me alone. Like the book would not leave me alone. But, you know, the thought of sitting in front of a computer for hours on end trying to pull this thing out of me felt like daunting. And even though people say that, but it was like not good for my mental health. So I chose to hire a writer and really, you know, help me birth this message and organize it. And, you know, in hindsight, it's really been interesting to see, you know, the gratitude that I have and the quality and the story, but also, you know, the importance of community and really surrounding yourself with experts who can help you develop your craft. And through this process, I've noticed this is like the number one 
issue for women, which is, you know, I'm not talking about investing money in yourself, but really like telling yourself you don't need to do it all. And that's kind of been what I'm up to. I'm like, what do I want? What do I desire? Who can help me get there? How can I help them? And really stepping into the sense of community. I mean, if I, I mean, we need community. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I love this. So many things that you just said. I literally like wrote down seven things. Like we need to talk about all these seven things. Never mind all the questions we planned. So (laughs) we'll get to it all though. What I wanted to say is I love that. I think that one of the things that I struggle with, and I know so many other women do, is that when we have an idea or inspiration or something that we want to do or create, we think like, well, I could never do that because that would be so big and hard. And we don't think about the option to collaborate with someone else. And I love that you're like, yeah, I knew I wanted to do this, but I'm all about alignment and to do this in alignment with what would work best for me right now in my life. That meant bringing someone else to be in, to be part of a collaborative effort versus like, I have to go lock myself in a room for three months and be cranky and try to like hammer out a book. Yeah, I tried that. Like I've tried that for (laughs) years. You know, I did the rent a hotel room. I flew all the way to Hawaii for like some book thing, you know, all the luxurious things and it resistance, resistance, resistance. And I think I never thought I would say this if and when I write another book, like resistance (laughs) and guilt are going to be you know, just at the forefront of it, because it's like, how do you work through that? Yeah, because we talk about freedom, we talk about alignment, we talk about the book is called dying to be a good mother, which is, you know, we're all killing off parts of ourselves to be good in the world. Yeah. And there's a difference between, you know, suffering and temporary discomfort. Mm. And the chaos is always going to be there. I don't know if anyone has figured that out yet. But if 2020 hasn't you know, taught you that, you need to figure out how to choose joy and to feel good when the person next to you might not be willing to do that. And how can you hold that energy? And what I've realized is the more I step into that, like my whole journey started with parenting. That was my into personal development because my children relentlessly showed me like, you need to become stronger, you need to show up for yourself, you need to stand firm, you need to know how to ground yourself. And then, you know, you start a business and you think it's going to be all easy breezy. I'm like, Oh, crap, I have to use my parenting skills in my business. (laughs) 100%. And then Oh, 2020 happens. Okay, I gotta really show up. So I realized this whole conversation is about leadership. And it's about living. But what does that actually mean? So that's what I really want women to walk away with in this book through my story, but also, you know, tangible steps. But I don't want them to think it's like homework or like they need to get another degree. It's like allow this to feel good and just lean in. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you. Okay. So the book you just said, the book is called Dying to Be a Good Mother. What does that mean to you? That is like, that title is so, it grabs my heart and makes my stomach drop because it's resonates like so strongly and I don't want it to, (laughs) you know what I mean? I'm like, no, like she's so right. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. So a few years ago I did a TEDx talk and it was going to be like, I don't know, something ridiculous, right? Like the three things women need to know not to burn out. 
And the organizer was like, that title sucks. And (laughs) we somehow came up with dying. I was like, well, I was dying to be good. And she was like, that's it. So dying to be a good mother plays off of my TEDx talk. And it, you know, I've been at this for my oldest is almost 16. I was 18 when I became a mother. I already felt like a failure. I came from this achieving place and I was neglecting myself. And it's this cultural, you know, badge of honor that we get, which is give, 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 give until you have nothing left to give. And my nothing left to give was seven years ago when I was diagnosed with a stage four cancer. And if you do the math, I was 27 years old and I thought, crap, I don't have the rest of my life to burn myself out. And this isn't stage one. This is legit. And my abdomen was swollen and it grew rapidly. By the time I started conventional medicine, people were asking me when I was due because I looked like I was eight months pregnant and just exploded. And yeah, Sarah, I didn't even eat. I didn't drink water because, you know, we're taught like we don't have time. We don't have time for ourselves. And my body was giving me signs for a very long time. And I was going to the doctors and I was doing all the things. And I was getting the feedback. Yeah, you're a mom. This is normal. It's a phase. Good luck, honey. Mm. So that is what it means to dying to be good. And I just, I don't believe that anymore. And it breaks my heart because so many women still buy into that. And the women that just don't even like, don't even have the ability to get out of it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. we need to lift each other up. Absolutely. There's really interesting and slash devastating research on the pressure that women, what's been added to women's plates over the last few Mm -hmm. decades slash generations. And it's mind blowing. Like what was expected of a woman slash wife slash mom in the fifties versus the eighties versus now. And it's like, it just keep the expectations just keep growing. And with that, you have feminism, which is like, we want to be leaders and we want to be deserved to have, you know, all this equality, which I obviously agree with. But then on top of all the stuff that we put on our plates in terms of managing a household, raising children, all those other things, then we're like, now I also have to be the CEO because that's what a good woman does. Now that we have that opportunity, we have to really take advantage and show other women how to do it. And holy cow, It's so much like we never take there's no place in history has there been this place of like, we're going to take these things off. It's just always this adding on, adding on, adding on. So it absolutely makes sense that we're killing ourselves doing all these trying to do all of this. Mm -hmm. And you don't even know it's there until you dismantle it. Right. Like patriarchy. You're not even there. You're not even paying attention until you like stop and reassess and go, why do I do this? Yeah. And then, of course, then there's shame and blame and judgment, but, and the self-judgment, which is horrible, but sitting there with yourself, like I had to start removing myself. Like this isn't me. Like, you know, I'm operating from beliefs that were instilled in me. Like I'm doing the good thing, but I'm living on autopilot. So when I stop and say, no, thank you. When I say no, thank you. And these expectations, like to have the conscious awareness of whose expectation is that? Why, you know, my husband works within the company that I started 
And this was always a dream of ours. And do you know the guilt that I feel because I don't do the quote unquote woman thing and make every single meal and it's, or, you know, someone else struggling and the guilt of like, I'm not struggling like them. And I had to consciously create this, but also I'm like, okay, what is the good that I am doing while I'm being a role model, right? And not everyone can create the exact same thing, but maybe I can have a voice that somebody else can't have. And, but yeah, the expectations that are put on us, both within ourselves, but with other people. And the second you put up a boundary and say, no, thank you. uh, The resistance, that's a whole other conversation. The (laughs) resistance, the resistance you feel within yourself, the resistance you get from your family, the resistance you get culturally, and then to be able to stand in that energetic force coming back at you and saying, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing, I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean, it feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This is like a kind of a silly example, but also an eye-opening one. I found myself the other day, I was using um, the example of doing laundry in some story I was telling and talking about how I manage that as part of a schedule and blah, blah, blah. And so the laundry routine is like on the nights that I don't fold laundry in the middle of the day. I only put laundry, fold laundry and put it away on the nights that I'm in charge of my son's bedtime because then we're already upstairs, we're in his room, and then he helps me with it. And I was thinking that after I gave this example, I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> like my husband's super capable of folding laundry with my son and putting it away on the nights that he does bedtime. It's never even entered my mind to be like, hey, and my son's eight, by the way, like he's could just do the whole thing himself. And so it never entered my mind to just be like, oh, when you guys go up, make sure you take care of the laundry. Like I always reserve it for like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow when it's my time to put him to bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, my child might whine about it. My husband would not give it a second thought to be like, oh yeah, sure, got it. Like it wouldn't be a thing. So to your point around like how we just do things on autopilot and think nothing of it. And then to undo them, there can be this awkwardness around like, oh, is that okay if I add one more thing over here or add something else to this person's plate or to your point, setting boundaries and all that. It's really fascinating the situations that we find ourselves in as in my case, like someone who thinks that she's pretty self-aware, like total feminist on top of all these things around gender roles. And yet here I am, you know? Well, it's like teaching a bird not to fly, right? We're going to have instincts. It's in, it's ingrained in us. It's how we've grown up. Mm-hmm. There's so much there. And, you know, I work with a lot of women who are obviously in different types of partnerships and will just go on autopilot and do their thing. And I'm like, listen, even if you get pushback, that's okay because your partner is not your child and your child is just showing you like outwardly, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, I don't want to do it either. Right. But let's do it together. Let's co-create. But we are so used to making other people comfortable that it's like, oh, your big emotions, you're experiencing them. Okay. Let me just take that away from you. But what we don't realize is that you know, taking away somebody else's like anger, sadness, overwhelm, one, it adds to ours. And then we explode and become angry and resentful. And then we're projecting that onto our family and creating this disconnect in our relationships. But that person over there, they still don't have the tools to manage their own big emotions. So we're enabling them, we're enabling them. And it's just like the cycle. Yeah, self awareness is one, but practice and integration is another. And I can't tell you the impact of having like, you know, your inner circle of friends that are like calling you out all the time going, hey, you just did that. It's like, oh, thank you. Right. Because (laughs) 
It doesn't matter how many books you read, how many times you journal, how many times you invest in yourself. This is a journey and a practice. I'm like, hey, if you love doing laundry and it brings you joy, not that it's going to bring everyone joy, but if you're like, I just can't do this anymore, that's your sign. Mm -hmm. That is like your body saying, hey, you got to figure out a different system to make this happen. And then integrating that going, oh, but here's the weird thing, Sarah. Do you ever get uncomfortable with feeling good? Mm, Tell me more about what you mean. Like Brene Brown talked about foreboding joy, right? Like this is too easy. I need to make this hard. It can't be this easy to do this. A little bit. For me, it's kind of wrapped up in privilege that, so like right now is a great example. We're recording this in the middle of the election. It's not going to go live for a few months, but I'm like feeling like, well, is it okay for me to feel joy and hopefulness around the direction things are going right now? And knowing that there's a lot of ramifications that show a ton of ugliness and are really heartbreaking for so many people in our country right now. But here's my, here would be my counter that because I hear you and I've had to work through a lot of this. How does feeling like shit right now in this moment positively influence the outcome? Right. Totally valid point. And how does feeling like shit influence positive or negative the people that you come into contact with? Negatively. Yeah. The energy that we give off. So it's been interesting every, so I'm Canadian and every American that I talk to I'm observing their energy and it's very interesting. And some are like really low and you can tell and you can see that. And it's not that low or high is bad and that they're thinking different things. And then I'll have somebody over here who like goes to every protest, every rally, every march. And they're like, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And I'm like, oh, dang, like you, that's interesting because you're both fighting for the same thing, but one's in an energy of hopefulness, which is a higher vibration. And then one is in this like fear or lack. And it's all in perspective and how you lead and energetically show up. And that's what I really had to teach myself because we don't realize how powerful we are as women. And I just keep thinking, if you show up as a force to be reckoned with and people can feel that not from a yeah you can be angry you can be all of these things but if you're like we've got this we can do this people that is so contagious yeah absolutely something that you said to me a while ago via our instagram messaging relationship you said you pointed out the difference between people who are leaders versus people who are marketers and i have thought about this so much since you pointed it out and i've shared it with so many other colleagues and leaders in this my space and can you talk a little bit about cuz i think this is so important when we talk about how we're showing up and we talk about how we're like the energy that we're bringing whether this is in the context of our family or the context of an organization or the context of a social media page what is the difference between leadership and marketing right now and how can we be better leaders and make sure that we're following leaders who are going to encourage us to do better and who are going to pull us out of these things that that like where we have so much of society putting us in this position of dying to be a good mother how are we going to find the leaders who will pull us out of that and remind us that we are destined to do more than dying to be a good mother i think this is like a very like personal question Because I think leadership and who people are attracted to is going to be, it's really about like attracts like, right? So 
I get, you know, every time I see a mom meme that is promoting alcohol Mm. or promoting coffee as an energizer or alcohol as a way of stress reduction, I'm immediately triggered because I see the side effects of that for people and using like humor to deflect what's really going on that just really triggers me. So I'm not attracted to that. But if somebody's not aware of it, and they're just like, yeah, I love deflecting with humor. They're going to be attracting all of that. And it's a thing. And I can't follow those people anymore because it really bothers me because I see what's happening. But here's my point. Stillness is a beautiful thing. This whole, like you mentioned, marketing versus leadership Stillness, it was a game changer for me. That was almost my first into personal development. And some might say it's my, it's meditation, it's whatever, but here's like, take away as much stimuli as possible. Sit in your car, walk yourself in the bathroom. I don't care what you need to do just with yourself and pen and paper and ask like, who am I? What do I represent? Like what lights me up? And then when you get to that state of stillness, you don't need to be there long. Maybe it's five minutes a day, just like sitting with yourself and your own thoughts. You have like a more solid anchor of like what you value. And then you will start seeing that out in the world and people will like rub you the wrong way. You're like, hmm, interesting. Why is that? So I just encourage people to start thinking for themselves. I mean, diet culture is horrible for that. Now it's like, I just was talking about it the other day. I'm like, why do people pay and people, why am I paying more for workout clothes than I am for, you know, business casual? Like why? (laughs) And you know, why is this fitness industry like taking over our everyday loungewear. Like what is going on here? And how did this happen? It's marketing. Like I remember when wearing like old clothes was normal Mm -hmm. to the gym because you're not supposed to, you know, be all, all decked out. Because you're going to get gross. (laughs) You're going to go get sweaty and gross. You don't need $118 leggings from Lululemon. Exactly. But it's just asking yourself like, why, why, why be curious And to be honest, I don't see a lot of people that can that are living in that state. And it's not about like, you know, the toxic positivity of everything's fine. Everything is not fine. Right? right? Everything is not fine. And if everything is fine in your world, that's okay. But here's my point. I believe if we were all staying in our own lane and said, you know, what makes me feel good? And we went after that, meaning like every single day, like, one degree better, little corrections within ourselves, that is how we're going to change the world. Like, come on, ladies, this is really what the world needs. We don't need to be like, you know, overdoing it to prove our worth. We just need to stand our ground and be like, no, thank you. Not working for me. And, you know, the silent and mighty, though, that's how we're going to make an impact. This episode is supported by Bulldog Yoga Online. And I love what Bulldog is offering because here's the thing. When I first started doing yoga many, many years ago, the only option for me to do yoga was to drive to a studio and go to a 90-minute yoga class. That was literally the only option was a 90-minute class. Like if you wanted to do yoga, you had to drive somewhere and also you had to commit to a 90-minute class. And by the time it was done and you drove home, it felt like your yoga class took up your whole day pretty much. And so I ultimately ended up stopping doing yoga after a certain amount of time because I was like, I don't have the whole day to do yoga. And here's what I love about Bulldog. Bulldog allows you to join live online workouts so you can stream them right to your house 
or you can get them on demand so you can just push play anytime whenever it's convenient. Here's the other thing that's really great is they have so many types of yoga. So when you wake up in the morning or when you decide to do yoga in the evening or whenever you decide to fit in that yoga workout, you can determine what you want for the day. So maybe you want something that's a little more relaxed. Maybe you just want to breathe in and out and keep it super gentle. Maybe you want something a little more hardcore and a little more athletic. Maybe you want something fun and dance-based. They have all of the above. And here's the coolest part. Their workouts are anywhere from 12 to 60 minutes. Yes, you can do a yoga class in as little as 12 minutes and still get benefits. I'll be honest, I do yoga once a week right now. And that's all I've done for the last probably couple of years. And I do it once a week for like anywhere from 12 to 20 minutes. And I see progress from week to week. I'm not even kidding. Like you can do a little bit of yoga every week and get big benefits. Of course, if you're doing it more days a week, you're going to get even more benefits. So I want you to check out Bulldog online yoga, because here's the thing. If you have been thinking like, oh, I should do yoga. I know it's good for me, but I don't know where to squeeze it in. Bulldog has you covered. So you can get a free 30-day trial when you go to bulldogonline.com. That's a free 30 days when you go to bulldogonline.com. And when you use the code SHAMELESS, you're going to get an additional 50% off your first paid month after that free trial. So again, that's bulldogonline.com and then use the coupon code SHAMELESS. What comes to mind for me is that when we, I love that you brought up stillness. I think stillness can be very uncomfortable. And in motherhood, when we have a million things on our plate, there's not natural breaks in our day for stillness typically. Like we fill it all up or our kids fill it up for us. And I think that when we have moments of stillness, what we tend to do is grab a device and scroll. And I'm thinking around your point around being a critical thinker and noticing in this moment, the things that are flashing by me on my screen, are they inspiring me to take action in an area of my life? Are they inspiring me to like to grow in my thoughts or evolve in my thoughts? Or are they just getting me on a bandwagon of something that I may or may not believe in, but I'm just subconsciously absorbing and around the point of stillness that you bring up to put that down for a minute, put down the device, put down where you're scrolling. And rather than absorbing information to sit in stillness and listen inward is so powerful. And it's not easy and it's not comfortable, but it does give you that space to be reflective and own what is you rather than absorbing the messaging that's coming at you constantly. And I think that allows you to be that more critical thinker to then when you are in the position of absorbing other people's information, you can be the critical thinker to be like, oh, this no longer resonates. This actually makes me feel like crap, or this is actually untrue and gross, and I'm not going to let that in anymore. And I think that's so important. And I think we've really lost a lot of that because in motherhood, you just don't have those opportunities for stillness. So you really do have to go create them. And like you said, it can just be a few minutes a day. Yeah. And let's be honest, if you don't have children, you're going to use another narrative as to why you don't have time for stillness. Right. It's culturally acceptable to say we don't have time for ourselves as women when we're raising children. And that's what got me to stage four cancer. And then all of a sudden, Sarah, I had so much time. (laughs) Like I had so much time because it was like, if you do not make yourself a priority, you will, you will die. And I had all the time in the world. And so Now being completely recovered and probably healthier than I've ever been in my entire life, I talk about this in the book and it's kind of something that I've developed 
since then. Uh, it's called energetic time management and it's reverse engineering how you want to feel in your life. And I teach this to my clients. It's like a big part of my model. It was actually interesting to watch my clients going through the pandemic. Um, the ones that, you know, were with me for a little bit, they're like, oh my gosh, this has changed my life. I'm like, I have sanity. I'm getting through this okay. And everyone around me is just in puddles. And I'm like, I know, teach, go, do, give. I'm like, have virtual meetings with people and like give them these strategies. But we have time. So if you start telling yourself, I have time, we develop things differently. And, you know, I physically put on my calendar 10 minutes if that's what I'm working through, if I'm really trying to develop a habit of like stillness, I put it on my calendar and I get really uncomfortable. And it's within that state of resistance where we grow. It's something I call the brave zone. It's like the messy middle, but we're taught that, you know, not to get uncomfortable as humans and as women, it we're either, well, not even women, but humans were either hustling, we're either running a marathon or we're on the couch, the all or nothing mentality. But why can't we just like get up and put our shoes on, right? So why can't it be five minutes a day instead of 50 minutes a day? And I know you and I are fans of Glennon Doyle and her love latest book, <laughs> Untamed. Yes. yes. And I always say, I'm like, I love Glennon, but I don't believe things are hard. Mm. Like that I don't, we can do hard things. What I like to say, because I was sitting with that and I'm like, this is so controversial. I'm dying to hear this perspective. <laughs> okay. It's not even, you know, I want to have this conversation with her because it's perspective and it's so subjective, right? Like for me and me only, I can do uncomfortable things. Because mm. hard is a perspective versus like the choice to see it that way. Hard to me feels like a cultural expectation that everything needs to be hard. And maybe it's just because it's too close to the belief for me yeah. that if things are hard, that means successful. And so for me, it's uncomfortable because I always say the action is not hard, right? So let's say this was the first interview I've ever done. And I was shitting my pants and I was like, I could do hard things. Talking to you is not hard. Like this is actually fun and exciting. But if it was my first time, it might just feel incredibly uncomfortable. Sending that email is not hard. Showing up to the rally, you're just like, get my shoes on, going in the car, walking down the street. Like if you remove all the emotion, it's not physically hard. It's a simple task. But the, it's uncomfortable. It's emotionally uncomfortable. It's challenging. And I've said that to people. I'm like, you know, watching somebody die is not hard. It's incredibly uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like you're sitting and it can be beautiful. And there's horrific things that happen. And so for me, I had to reframe it as I can do uncomfortable things. Because hard to me was like perpetuating this like, we can do hard. And I'm like, I can do uncomfortable things because that's what gets me through resistance. I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Keep moving through the discomfort. This episode is supported by Air Doctor. 
You probably don't know that Americans take in about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause upper respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I am so excited that we just got our own Air Doctor for our house, and we will have it all up and running and ready to go in time for all the things that come with spring weather, but also smoke season, which is just around the corner for those of us in the Pacific Northwest. And I know many of you across the country. So here's how you can get your own Air Doctor. First of all, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS and you'll receive up to $300 off of air purifiers. Exclusive to our podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS. That's airdoctorpro.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earnin can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. Oh my gosh, that is an incredibly empowering perspective on that statement because I think that it opens the door for opportunity and magic in the quote unquote hard things. So if we look at it as uncomfortable versus hard, when I think about doing something uncomfortable, I think about, oh, if this is going to be uncomfortable, I'm probably going to grow. I'm probably going to learn some things. I'm probably going to be stronger on the other side. And all of a sudden now I'm like, okay, let's go do that thing versus like, I'm going to go do something hard feels like I'm just going to go trudge through, put one foot in front of the other till it's done. And I'll probably be really tired at the end. 
Those are really, really different. And think about the election and like our conversation, right? About energy. We can do uncomfortable things, right? It's like, let's go. Let's make shit happen. Let's grow. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So good. I love, oh my, I can't wait to share this conversation with the world. <laughs> so good. Okay. You talk about resistance and breadcrumbs. I've heard you mention resistance a couple times already in this conversation. Tell us all the things about resistance and breadcrumbs. So I always like to tell people anytime you're following somebody or reading their book, they're writing it for a reason. And there is a saying, we teach what we need to learn. And you need to learn it over and over and over and over again. I don't know about you, Sarah, but when I came into this personal development world and the law of attraction and doing all of this, it was create your vision, cross your fingers, close your eyes, visualize, and it magically shows up at your doorstep. And then on the opposite of that, because the people I was following in the personal development industry, when we don't want to feel like crap anymore, were a lot of men. And I was like this hustle and grind, right? Like you could do this. Some one of the first things that got me was YouTube videos. And I would watch them and it was like, you got this rise and grind and just go, go, go until you're dead. And then after when I almost died, I was like, mm, that doesn't work for me anymore. But how can I still be my ambitious go getter visionary dreamer self? who wants more, but not also on the opposite end where it's like, I'm just going to feel into that and never act on it. So action is a real thing. So I always tell people, and if you're, I've also come from a social work background and therapy is my background. So we would talk a lot about the problem, right? Like, tell me all your mommy and daddy issues. Let's talk about it. Talk about it. Talk about it. And then something was bothering me about that. I'm like, I'm done here. When I went online and I had to reposition myself as a coach because I couldn't legally be a social worker anymore. So I dropped that and I was like, oh, now people call, like literally pay me to call them out on their shit. This is awesome. I love this. <laughs> so this is my perspective on resistance. You know what you want. And if you don't know what you want, get a piece of paper, a piece of paper, pen, use this journal prompt. Wouldn't it be nice if right? Go nuts. Wouldn't it be nice if the world was a peaceful place? Wouldn't it be nice if I could have a glass of water? Wouldn't it be nice if I had a, you know, slept through the night? Wouldn't it be nice? Like the little things, the big things, you know what you want and desire, put that all down. All right. Now you're going to circle one and you're going to choose to go after something. The second you choose to go after it, you're detoxing all the crap, right? It's just like when you let go sugar, caffeine, you get the headaches, you get the pimples, it's all coming out, right? All your stuff comes bubbling to the surface. And it could be the stories you tell yourself, it could be the resistance in your relationships, and you're watching people all of a sudden get really angry that you just said, Hey, I'm gonna go take a bath, or Hey, I'm gonna go to the gym, or Hey, I'm gonna go for coffee with a friend, or Hey, I'm going away for the weekend. And or I'm going to do 10 minutes of silence. And all of a sudden your child has a tantrum. You watch this resistance either manifest within you or without. Now we get scared. We get nervous. We're like, oh, I can't do this. This is uncomfortable. Not hard. Uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Sit with that discomfort. Sit with it. There's so much magic in there. And I remember I had a mentor one time. She said, Heather, you're like 
running towards the wall and just shattering your teeth and breaking your nose. Like, stop it. Right. Because I'm like, I can't be a failure. You know, I made this promise to my son. Like, yes, like just coming. Right. So I'm like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, why am I getting sick all the time? Why? And my husband's like, you're burnt out. Like, slow down. So I learned that about 1 million times, the lesson. Okay. Still learning once in a while, but not as abruptly. So she's like, lean in against the wall, lean in, like just lean in and like rub your shoulder against the wall. And you know, it might be a brick wall, but the wall ends eventually. And I didn't understand what she meant. But as I started implementing, it's, you know, you hear the terms fail forward, all those things keep moving. Anytime I'm trying to implement a new habit in my life, talk about my fitness journey. Oh my gosh. The mental resistance. I'm like, I don't want to buy into diet culture. Therefore, I'm never going to the gym. And I'm like, but Heather, (laughs) you want to feel good in your body. And I'm like, but then when I feel good, I'm going to lose weight. And then people are going to comment on my weight. And then I'm angry because I'm like, well, now I look good. Like, it's so ridiculous, right? So I'm leaning into this mental resistance and not wanting to work out. And I'm like, focus on the feeling. I'm like, this makes you feel good. When you feel good, you're a better person to people keep leaning in. And so, you know, instead of having to work out for an hour, it was like, do something for 10 minutes. And so, and then 11 minutes and then 12 minutes. And I just kept leaning in, leaning in, leaning in. And then all of a sudden, boom, breakthrough, right? It's like the clouds part in that state of freedom that we're all after and peace and contentment. It arrives. You feel it for a moment. It might close up and move on again. But the resistance for me, like I started figuring out the game and I was like, oh, what I resist. And I, who said this, what I resist will persist and grow bigger. That's like a famous. I don't know, but I, I mean, I can vouch for that. (laughs) I don't know who said it though. Yeah. What you resist will persist and grow bigger. So I'm like, okay, what do I want? Here's my desire list. Okay. Here's my list of what I'm resisting. Oh, I see the connection. (laughs) I see the correlation. Yeah. So then I just, I'm like, okay, I'm resisting this. I'm going to put this on my calendar for the next month and just lean into it. And I started testing and I had to do this, especially after I got sick. I was like, okay, I'm, my back is against the wall. I have no other choice, but through, through all of my resistance and Like one of those things, Sarah was going to a coffee shop by myself and just journaling with my kids at home. Like how selfish is that? That was the story I was telling myself. And I felt so guilty and my resistance showed up as crying. Like I felt like crap. I was crying and I just kept showing up and I made, I was like, I'm going to show up at this coffee shop until this resistance lets up. And as I kept doing that with things, I had to do it with the book too. And it just... But on the other side, I'm like, oh, I feel free. I'm like, oh my gosh. And so resistance is where the magic happens. Absolutely. I think about that even, or especially in when thinking about hard conversations with people. And when we resist hard conversations, and to your point around that what you resist persists and grow bigger, that like you're holding on to it and you're knowing that like you have to have that conversation at some point and it becomes more and more consuming of your energy and it drives a wedge, whether it's conscious or subconscious, between yourself and the person that you're in that relationship with. And the only way to get to the other side of that resistance is to have the conversation and to talk through the thing. And there's so much freedom on the other side of that, 
even if it goes horribly. Like, no matter what, there's freedom on the other side because you're no longer carrying the big thing. But also, you... through that communication, you either figure it out and you're able to solve something or heal something, or it gets way worse. And then you're like, oh, and now I know that this isn't what I want, or this isn't worth fighting for, or this person isn't, shouldn't be in my life or what, like there's, you have knowledge either in either or in any direction that gives you the power to make another decision. And I think there's freedom and liberation in that. Yeah. And you just feel lighter, you know, like a balloon popped or something. And there's this release. And I see so many people, like when March rolled around, and you know, everyone was going on lockdown, I had this panic moment, right, as most of us did. And then I had this like deja vu. And I'm like, I've been here before. This is what chemo felt like. And like, I've been here before. And I'm like, okay, I know what to do. Okay, I've been here before. And then I'm watching people I'm like, they're having their moment, right? They're having their opportunity for growth. But everything that we've resisted has persisted and grown bigger. And then when, you know, your routine changes, and if you don't, you know, you're spending more time with your partner, or you're spending more time with your child, or the education system wasn't working for you, or you were able to busy yourself and not sit with yourself, or you're just traveling all over the place, or hello, talk about sustainable systems, right? It's ridiculous. It's like, until you either take it on yourself, or you wait until life makes you. And now I always go to that place where, okay, I can tell that this is going to be a hard conversation a month from now, if I don't have, you know, this early conversation now, and that goes for business and life, right? Ooh, she slipped once. Okay. Do I let it go? Or do I just quickly say something? Hey, by the way, could you do this? Oh yeah, no problem. Thanks for reminding me. Mm -hmm. It never happens again. Oh, it happened once. I'll let that go. Oh, it happened twice. I'll let that go. Ooh, now I'm a little angry and resentful. Oh, now guess what? She's not a good fit because she's never been capable of doing that. It's like, just get it quickly. Absolutely. Why is it so important for us to give ourselves permission to want what we want? Oh, so that the world is a better place. We have to really dissect that belief that self-care. When I say self-care, I mean, self-care to me is not you know, getting your your nails done. It is like self-respect. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, self-worth. It is like making a mark, speaking up, taking a stand. But when we give ourselves permission to want what we want, I don't know about you, but when you can tell when people are like needy and codependent and have these invisible expectations of who you need to be for them, And when you're in a relationship or a partnership or in a room with somebody that's like, I'm good. I can handle my own stuff. Like I'm a big girl. If I need a glass of water, I'll go get it myself. I'm not going to be sitting over here angry and resentful at you. You're like, there's this freedom that comes with it. So for me, you know, when I think about myself and I get very egotistical, it feels selfish and I feel guilty for giving myself permission to want what I want. But when I step outside of myself and I think, how is feeling full and content and fulfilled and happy and joyful and light and free and energized? How does that benefit my husband? How does that benefit my three boys? 
How does that benefit my neighbors? How does that benefit my clients? How does that benefit the human race? How does that benefit my American friends who are going through an election? Mm -hmm. How does that benefit our country? And when I keep sprinkling that out, 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 I just realize that it is incredibly selfish of me. And I can only talk for myself to pretend that my wants and needs and desires don't matter. Because when I am safe and secure and full and fulfilled, guess what? My cup is running over and I can give to the woman next to me and I can lift her up. And that is it. That brings me so much joy. Yes, yes. I love it. Oh my gosh, this has been so good. Okay. So tell people a little bit, like what's one last little summary you want to share about the book before we go to our final question? Or I don't know, summary, teaser, what have you. <laughs> yeah, there's so much in there. I want you to feel, I mean, it's a, they call it a prescriptive memoir. So mm. it's my story. I go through my ups and downs, like cancer is a big part of that, but I get deep and dark. I talk about my son, like becoming a teenage mom to a drug addict who is now passed. And like, I share some deep stuff in there. I also give you a little kind of, you know, getting started tips and strategies, but I really want you to feel at home, it, like reading the book. I want you to feel like you're not alone in the world and it's a good read, but there's also a few little, you know, kick in the butts if you need them to get going. And because of my social work background, we didn't talk about it a lot in this conversation, but one of my first true loves is really seeing and understanding children's behavior as a language. Mm. And a lot of people come to me because one of their pain points is really, you know, not about just conscious parenting from our perspective of who we need to be, but being able to support our children from an emotional level. And that's a big mission for me as well. So I talk a lot about that in the book too. So good. Oh my gosh, dying to get my hands on it. So thank you. Thank you, Heather, for all of this. Last question, in what ways are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? Well, I think I have to on this, especially this book tour. I'm like, I got to practice what I preach. Oh, feeding myself. I have really like made a conscious commitment and investment to feeding myself. I mean, with food, <laughs> literally food, clean food, whole foods, and also just dissecting, you know, like respecting like self-respect and what that looks like. And there's no shame in it. I feel like a magical unicorn. It has completely changed my energy and upping my game and just doing whatever the heck I want when I want, creating space for it, giving myself permission to do that. And if I can't do it today, how can I make it happen? So getting rid of the uh, not allowing guilt to run the show. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Where can everyone find you, connect with you, get the book, et cetera? Yeah. So I would love... I'm really active on Instagram and I would love to hear from you. I'd love a DM on Instagram. You can find me at Heather Chauvin underscore. The book is called Dying to Be a Good Mother. You can find it anywhere, Amazon. There's probably other links as well because we're recording this rather early. So if you go to my website, myname.com, so Heather Chauvin, last name is spelled C-H-A-U-V-I-N.com. Just go under the book tab and the podcast mom is in control. I love it. Thank you, Heather. This has been great. Thank you for coming for the second time to the Shameless Mom Academy. I want everyone to go check out the book. So we'll have everything linked up in the show notes. If you go to shamelessmom.com, click on the episode with Heather Chauvin and then 
Heather, when you write the next book, which you already alluded to, you have to come back again. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I got to get through this one. Thank you. (laughs) I will. Thank you, Heather. Before I let you go, I have one quick and fun little teaser to give you. So if you've been following along here at the Shameless Mom Academy for a little while, you know that there's an annual event that we do called Shameless MomCon. And last year, we had to change this from an in-person event to an online event, and we called it the Shameless MomCon Collective. And this year, the Shameless MomCon Collective is back. And so the Shameless MomCon Collective is a four-week virtual event where every week we have special guest speakers come in. Every week we have happy hour together. It is a ton of fun. And this was really inspired last year because we were at the beginning of the pandemic and it was a very disorienting and confusing and overwhelming time. And here we are a year later and... (laughs) It's still disorienting and overwhelming and exhausting, right? It's like all of the same things, but it's a year later. And so I thought we had to do this again. We had to bring back this virtual event so that we could all show up and be together in community and in connection to support one another and to get a massive dose of inspiration a couple times a week over the course of four weeks. So if you do not get my emails, you will want to get on my email list to make sure that you get all of the information for the Shameless MomCon Collective for 2021 in your inbox as soon as we release it. We're going to have a special early bird deal that will be short deal You'll want to get in on it right away. It'll be a very limited time offer when you can sign up for the Shameless MomCon Collective and get the very best pricing. So if you are in need of hope, power, courage, and connection, I am inviting you to join us for Shameless MomCon Collective 2021. And to get the first information about that, as soon as we release it, you're going to want to be on my email list. So just make sure that you go to shamelessmom.com slash newsletter to make sure that you get my newsletters. That's shamelessmom.com slash newsletter. And then that will ensure that you get all my emails and newsletters and everything that will keep you up to date on the event. We already have a bunch of speakers booked and holy cow, They're some of my all-time favorites from past guests of the show to women I just tremendously admire and respect, and I cannot wait to share them with you. So pop over to shamelessmom.com slash newsletter. Make sure you're on our email list and more will be in your inbox very soon. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly.
everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking